Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Football Scoop Podcast. Once again, Scott Roussel, college football expert John Bryce joining me. Folks, we are here today to talk about the USC head coaching job. Heck of a job, to be honest. I'm excited about this one. This one's going to play out in the next two weeks. Two weeks, two weeks and a half, something like that. SC's got two more games. They got BYU and they got Cal. Cal's out rescheduled game. So that'll be played basically championship game weekend. I suspect they hire their new coach uh, extremely shortly thereafter. Uh, JB, okay, so guys, lay, lay the land here. John Bryce, Scott Rousseau, uh, you know, we, we we all do the same thing. We're doing it on the same team, football scoop. Uh, we have a lot of the same connections, have a lot of different connections. Uh, talking with coaches, uh, agents, other people in the game. Uh, we hear a lot from the college guys, from the NFL guys. And we're going to share a little bit of what, what the word is today. Um, you know, these things change. Very fluid situations. Sometimes they have to react to the market, market changes, like Florida uh, happening. What a disastrous down, downward spiral that turned into. Anyway, JB, give me the latest you're hearing at SE. Yeah, Scott, uh, thanks for the introduction. I, I do believe we're hearing a lot of the same things, but um, look, USC has prioritized Luke Fickle from the outset. I think USC absolutely kicked the tires on Brian Kelly. I don't think it's an accident that we've heard Kirk Herbstreet mention Brian Kelly multiple weeks in a row Saturday mornings on game day. That's because USC's interest in Brian Kelly from people I trust uh, has been very real, and I think that um, Brian Kelly, out of respect for his Notre Dame team and his program, has done his very best to minimize that. And he certainly addressed it during his weekly news conference on Monday, joking that it would take the fairy godmother dropping off a $250 check and saying that he was channeling his inner Mike Tomlin. Um, and, and only if the fairy godmother dropped off a $250 million check that he had to clear with his wife, Aki would he then consider the USC job? Otherwise, he said, no, there's not a, another college job out there that he would really consider leaving Notre Dame for. So, again, that brings us back to Luke Fickle. I think it's been Luke Fickle extremely um, present at the top of their list throughout this process. I think also a couple of NFL strong names that, that we've heard, uh, a couple of former league head coaches are Hugh Jackson, a little bit of a newer one we're, we're hearing, and Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator, doing some great things. Uh, had a college coach tell me this morning, like, Dan Quinn is a high-energy guy in the mold of a Pete Carroll and that he could definitely see Dan Quinn being a great fit at USC because of that energy, because of his organizational structure and the way that he would probably um, line up his USC program from both a staffing standpoint and just the way that he would orchestrate that regime. So those are probably the three names uh, in terms of Fickle, Jackson, and Quinn that we're hearing the most, or certainly that I'm hearing the most. Um, always there's a chance for a wild card. And, uh, the Brian Kelly stuff, I think, is finally put to bed. And then uh, I think you've got some feelings on the fact that we, we keep hearing Dave Aranda a lot. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll talk about Aranda in a second. You know, starting early in the search, um, you know, I think James Franklin, you know, first of all, Mike Bowen's got a He's got a he's got to kick all the tires, right? So obviously he's familiar with Luke Fickle from the time at Cincinnati. Uh, obviously thinks very highly of, of Luke Fickle. Uh, question is, can are Luke and his wife and their gaggle of children willing to move to Los Angeles? That remains to be seen. 
James Franklin was on their radar. I believe Chris Peterson was on their radar. I believe Urban Meyer was on their radar. Uh, whether or not any of those are, are possibles or not, uh, it's not. it doesn't appear to be coming to fruition like some people thought that it might happen. Uh, we have of late, in the last, say, two weeks, you've been hearing a little bit more Dave Aranda, a little bit more Dave Aranda, a little bit more Dave Aranda. I found it pretty funny. I think on the same day, both The Athletic and ESPN came out with this, this, this kind of interesting report. All of a sudden, Washington's interested in Dave Aranda. And you're like, really? Because I haven't heard that. Hmm, that's interesting. To me, that seems like a leverage play, trying to get USC to the table uh, by somebody. We'll see. Uh, yeah. I do think there is uh, – I think Mike has done his diligence on Dave Aranda. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if that's the way they ultimately went. Uh, I think a lot of people in the profession could see that happening. Uh, I've heard uh, Dan Quinn as well. It appears if James Franklin's off the table, it appears Brian Kelly is no longer – uh, being considered, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if BK ever was considered. Considered it, but them, I, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Hugh Jackson thing is interesting. Uh, but both Dan and Hugh, they've proven it You know, at the highest level. Um, they're both aware of what the college game is all about. They're aware of the recruiting commitments, although recruiting at SC is different than recruiting at most places. Recruiting at SC – a lot of the guys can come to you because they're coming from within 60 miles. Uh, you can get to them fairly easily uh, in a car most of the time and a helicopter as well. Avoid the traffic. Uh, but you're not getting on a plane, you know, other than for one or two unique individuals, you're not getting on a plane. And that is a lifestyle a lot of these guys can do. Traditionally, you say it doesn't work to make the move back from the NFL to college if you're actively on a good NFL team because you're going to the playoffs. Well, Hugh, you know, is doing an interesting stint this year. And I mean, you might want to, JB, some of our viewers, some of our listeners might not even know where Hugh is right now. He, yeah, he is, uh, Hugh Jackson is on staff with Eddie George at Tennessee State University. And uh, Eddie George has taken a, a vastly different tact than that of Deion Sanders in, in terms of the way that he just approached his first season atop the TSU Tigers program, but he constructed a, a staff in a very similar way with some guys from the league that he was familiar with and, and some guys that could go in a lot of different areas. But I think Hugh Jackson has been um, a priceless commodity for Eddie George in this first season because of his previous head coaching experience. And that's something that um, until you do it, you just don't know it. And so uh, Hugh Jackson is so well regarded. Um, even when things haven't worked out for him, you never hear anybody say anything bad about Hugh Jackson. Um, you just hear people say, oh, it's disappointing that it didn't work out. Here's why it didn't work out or whatever. But Hugh Jackson is in the college game right now. He's in the college game on staff at, at Tennessee State University in Nashville. So um, he's in a big market. And Hugh Jackson, quite frankly, is a top coaching candidate for the Alabama State vacant position. And we're seeing, again, more high-profile coaches Thanks to Dion, whether you agree with his methods or not, thanks to Dion, there's a bigger spotlight on HBCUs and there's more high profile coaches um, now looking at HBCUs. All right, JB, tell me if you, you agree with what I'm about to say. The next USC head coach, they've got, I think we have slightly different opinions on the facilities. I think their facilities are fantastic. I know they're not as 
opulent and over the top, but that new facility they built was really, really nice. The practice confines are a little tight, but whatever. Here's what I think the new, the next USC head coach needs to be able to do. He's going to get four-star, five-star kids. What he needs to do is embrace USC's positioning in the NIL market and be able to show these guys they're going to make a lot of money while on campus and in the next five to 10 years of their career. But what he's really got to do is develop those people into, I mean, they're four-star, five-star already. He's got to develop them into incredible team players, football players, uh, not just individual athletes, but incredible team players. And he's got to instill leadership. So if he can instill leadership, not just in five athletes, but in 50 or in 85, USC should be a force to be reckoned with every year. And I think they can get there. Yeah. And um, when I've talked in the past about USC facilities, um, it's been more about what you alluded to, how they compare to their peers and the people that they're competing on the field with, as opposed to them just being like substandard units. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when you look at Oregon's facility, Clemson's new facility, Florida is about to open an $85 million facility. Um, when you look at Alabama, Tennessee, the Georgia finally getting it. All of those, I think, are why I talk about USC's, USC's facilities compared to those people uh, or those programs that it competes with on the field. But it's a great job. Now, your NIL point is one that I think is huge and that should be a no-brainer. And the USC tried to embrace from the very outset this past summer uh, with the really sleek video that they released and, and some of the programs that they had lined up. And then um, that thing sort of went off the rails from the outset. But if there's real buy-in from LA and you're always fighting for eyeballs, but if there's real buy-in, then L um, USC recruits itself. And then you are talking about, again, why I think a guy like a Dan Quinn or Hugh Jackson could be a huge asset there because it is more CEO. It is more organizational when it's running right. In my opinion, USC is the most NFL-like program in college football. JB, so SC's final game versus Cal, the, the makeup, the redo, whatever, uh, December 4th, I would I would anticipate USC hiring the next coach the very next day or Monday. Uh, any reason to think it would come sooner than that? Is there a scenario in which you see it coming sooner than that? Well, I maybe mean, it could come sooner than that, um, or or the word of it could come sooner than that. I just think that uh, these programs, and certainly we're going to dive into it, but especially these blue blood programs that fiscally cannot afford to um, even remotely give up the image that they're punting on 2022 or that they're already behind on 2022. Timing is of the absolute essence for all the reasons that we discussed. So I could see um, with championship game weekends unfolding uh, or December 4th, I think it is, I could see maybe something being known by that Friday the 3rd, just if all parties are in agreement and, it, and it's going to happen. It's pretty hard to uh, keep things secret if they get all the way to that point. But I think that timeline is the one that a lot of people have to be looking at um, because the you know, Billy Napier's uh, not necessarily for this position, but he's a fantastic candidate for multiple other Power Five jobs. And um, he's in a conference championship game coming up against Appalachian State. His Louisiana Cajuns team is hosting Appalachian State for the Sun Belt Conference. 
you've got to get those championship games played, but you've got to be able to move that Sunday, that Monday at the latest. And when I say move, I don't just mean an introductory press conference. You've already got to have a coach who knows some key members of his staff that will be in place to try and salvage um, a recruiting class over the next eight or nine days, uh, whatever it is, and then to try and hit the NCAA transfer portal as quickly as possible. Because um, I promise you, and I've had coaches tell me this, I'm sure you've had the same thing. Uh, I had a coach text me yesterday. Some of these schools, this is a direct quote, some of these schools better be making a move because their rosters are getting raided. And that that's just real. And, and you don't even have to violate any rules to make it real. You just um, have coaches who have relationships with these guys, former high school coaches, and you just say, hey, you know, his player X may be interested in change of scenery. We'd like him here at school Y. And suddenly you can have just mass roster turnover. And so I don't ever think there's been a more important time than this year to have as many jobs as possible filled by Monday, December 6th. I suspect the only thing that comes to mind that could accelerate that would be if Aranda is the guy and they don't get into the Big 12 championship game, uh, which I guess would take Oklahoma beating Oklahoma State in Bedlam to put Oklahoma in, and then Oklahoma would play Oklahoma State again, I believe. Anyway, a lot to be decided on the field and uh, thereafter in the football scoop world. Always a pleasure talking with JB. So John Bryce at John D. Bryce 1 on Twitter on Football Scoop. Pleasure visiting with everybody. Like, share, subscribe, tell your wife, tell your girlfriend, tell your brother, tell your sister. We appreciate everything. Tell everybody around the Thanksgiving table this week, and I hope everyone dialing in, tuning in, has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Tell everyone. Talk to y'all soon.